Welcome to the Mike Signorelli Podcast. It's good to have you. Over the next 30 minutes, I'm going to do my best to answer the questions that you're actually asking. Before we jump in, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Come on, let's get started. All right, welcome to the Mike Signorelli podcast. And I'm so excited to bring this episode from my office right here on Long Island, New York. And it's gonna be exciting. Listen, I, we've been on location to some awesome spots, but I, I personally felt like we're in that in-between period between you know like Christmas and New Year's. And I wanna get cozy and just take it back to where we started with this podcast, which was just me solo. Literally, I had my phone up to my face and would record an episode and send it out. And so I've got some really cool stuff I wanted to talk through today. And I think it's going to help you a lot. Um, first of all, I'm getting so many messages from people all around the world, which is incredible. Shout out to all my friends in Africa. I had no idea I had so many listeners in Africa, but y'all are amazing. And people just telling me how much it helps and, you know, talking about different episodes as they post and whatever. And so I had posted up on my Instagram, which if you visit me at Mike Signorelli, S I G N-O-R-E-L-L-I underscore on Instagram. You can ask me questions there, whatever. And I accumulated some questions that I wanted to go through. And I think they're really going to kind of like help you get inside my heart and my head. And we're going to spend some quality time together for the next 25 minutes. So without further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and answer these questions and jump in. And I'm encouraging you to stick along uh, for the ride because there's going to be some good, good stuff. I was kind of premeditating some of these questions and, um, um, it, you know, listen, the reason why people ask me questions is because wisdom is in short supply. We live in an era where people are being lied to all the time. I used to actually teach journalism. And when you teach like this is textbook journalism and compare that standard against what we're experiencing in 2019, 2020, uh, we're being lied to a lot or the emphasis is being placed in the wrong direction. Maybe that's another way of saying it. Uh, it's very deceptive in the presentation. It's basically entertainment based. And then, you know, we've got the educational system is sort of of like failing us. And we kind of live on this diet of social media news feeds. So much of what we encounter on a daily basis is just garbage, you know, and wisdom is in a short supply. And so I'm still a young guy, relatively young, but I found that people ask me a lot of questions because we live in a world that lacks fathers. We don't have true fathers and we don't have wisdom. I mean, it's in short supply. And so I have tried my best to accumulate wisdom over the last several years and to impart it to those who are willing to listen. And it has generated this scenario where uh, I've experienced a lot of people asking me a lot of questions all the time. And the Bible says, seek wisdom, go after wisdom, desire wisdom. And it's something that we should crave. Wisdom should be something that we desire, something that we pray for, something that we petition. God, God, give me wisdom. You know, I often think about the fact that the legends, the, the guys that we looked at before us, the ones that we read the autobiographies about, the ones that have made a significant impact in history are gone. Those men, those women are gone. And so oftentimes I come before God and I say, God, I'm here. <laughs> like, 
for all my faults and failures, for all of my limitations. Uh, I'm here and I'm open and I'm willing. Give me wisdom. And I would pray that as you've continued to listen to the Mike Signorelli podcast, you are receiving an impartation of not the wisdom of man, but the wisdom of God through humanity, through a willing vessel. And I think that's how we got this far. This podcast got shared with a group of people who felt like if more people could hear it, it would help more people. And so that's probably why you're listening now. And so I'm going to jump in. Here's the first question I got. How do you balance patience versus hustle? Now, if you're watching this, we live in a world that's saturated with the word hustle. And we have glorified the idea of being a hustler. And you know, there's something to be said about that. I think that the pace in which I live my life works appropriately in New York because I love to hustle. And the truth of the matter is I'm not really good at patience and I don't have a lot of patience. As a matter of fact, I'm a very impatient person. I have dreams and visions and there is zero patience connected to them. And anyone who's ever worked in my proximity will tell you I am hard to work for. I'm hard to work around because the thing that I will say over and over and over again is do it faster, get it done. My deadline is always yesterday. That's what it's like being me. But we also know that one of the fruits of the spirit is patience. So I know that there should be some sort of value for patience because biblically there's a prescription for it, but it's something that I often struggle with in my own personal life. And so here's what I wanna say in the context of this question. I don't have any patience because I want to get things done. You know, I love actually studying Walt Disney because I'm fascinated with what he was able to build in California and in Florida with the tail end of his life because he essentially showed up to a swampland and created a tourist attraction in an inhospitable environment. I'm here in New York. People have said that this is simply an inhospitable environment for churches, but I want to make a destination church in what seems like an inhospitable environment. So I go to people who've done that. Walt Disney has done it. And I will tell you this, everyone who's ever worked around Disney has said everything that he ever endeavored to do, he wanted it to happen faster. So I think that hustle is just another way of saying holy expectation earnest expectation. Like when the dream and the vision is so real inside of you, there's something that can't wait to see it. It's almost like when your wife is pregnant and as she continues to grow through the gestation period of pregnancy, you get to that point where you're like, I cannot wait to see this baby. Like I want this thing to come out now. Women know what I'm talking about. And I think the same is true of expectation. Now, here's the thing for me, and I want to kind of like divide up and segregate sort of the different factions of hustle. So if it's I'm racing against the clock because I feel like a failure. And if I don't get this thing done fast enough, I'm, I can't validate my existence. That's not hustle. That's actually you beating yourself up. That's like true. For me, the source of my hustle is, man, this thing is so real inside of me. I got to do whatever I can to get it. Like I want it to come to, to fruition. Like, you know, recently we recorded a live worship experience for V1 and I was on the edge 
edge of my seat. Let's go. Let's get this thing done. Let's film it. And I'm, I'm pushing. I'm a hustling. I'm grinding. I'm. How can we get you know resource other people to do the mixes and get the video? But for me, it's because I can already hear it in my head. I can already see it in my mind's eye. And that is like that's excitement being a cousin for hustle. But when your hustle is, man, I've screwed up so many times and I'm getting ready to screw up again and I've got to get this done as fast as I can to prove my own worth, then that's not hustle, that's anxiety. That's not hustle, that's fear. There's a difference, okay? So in that sense, I've got a tremendous amount of patience because patience to me is trust in God. Patience in me is knowing that the vision I have is not necessarily just a Mike Signorelli thing. It's a kingdom of God thing that wants to manifest through Mike Signorelli. Because I've had a lot of Mike Signorelli ideas that went nowhere. And then I've had these kingdom expressions, things that I feel like God has deposited in my heart. And see, you know, it says that he'll fulfill the desires of our heart, but the proximity is so close because it's beating inside your chest. You might not be able to tell the difference between, you know, your heart and their heart, uh, you know, God's heart and your heart. And so my challenge is to go back and say, is, is this thing that I'm hustling for an expression of God's love in the earth? Let let me give you a better example. Mother Teresa, who's also a hero to mine, was just a school teacher in Calcutta. You know, that that was her vocation. That's what she had devoted her life to, to doing. And yet Mother Teresa got to the place where she said, I uh, cannot go one day longer without serving those who are, are in need that I'm passing up every single day, the wounded lepers of Calcutta. And so there was a hustle. And this is when Mother Teresa became a hustler. She walked in to uh, her boss uh, boss's office and, and simply said, hey, I need you to know that um, today is my last day because I can't walk past him one more time. There was this element of desperation in her that was the impetus for change. And so all the time people are just like, you know, tell me about that hustle. It's like, man, there, there is something burning inside. She had a vision and the vision was if I stop using my time to teach these kids in this classroom and reallocate it to bandaging the wounds of those that I hear desperate cries from every single day, then my life can actually move in the direction of this God vision. And that caused her to hustle in that moment. Like she made a rapid decision, rapid action. And so a lot of times when people are just like, well, you know, how do I separate patience from hustle? I think you need to redefine what you are hustling for and why you are hustling. And for me, that's just something that I continually go back to. So here's another question that we got. I know you got something out of that. I'm just going to stop and say, I know you got something out of that. Um, the next question is this. I'd love to hear about your experiences as, oh, that's funny. Look at, look at this like God moment, this synergistic moment. I'd like to hear about your experiences as a high school teacher. Uh, do they impact you today? So for me, uh, this is random funny side note. I didn't know that people did ministry full-time. I had only ever had bivocational pastors who were construction workers or whatever. And so when I went to college, I was the first generation college student on both sides of my family. And I just picked teaching. My mentality at the time was I love to teach people. Obviously, I'm doing it right now on a podcast, but 
I didn't know that my, my idea was like, well, you only work 180 days out of the year. I can use my summer breaks and Christmas breaks to do music, to do ministry, whatever. And it was great. I did that for several years. And, you know, oftentimes we, we miss the sovereignty of God in our own lives. What does that mean? You might be listening to this podcast right now, driving a truck. You might be listening to this podcast right now, changing a diaper. Uh, you may be doing a variety of things, serving food. Like you're on your break right now from serving food and, and you're asking like, what value could this thing have? Here's the thing. As long as you know that it is a stepping stool, as long as you know that it's a staircase to the next thing, you can tolerate it. Oftentimes we like here, let me give you an example. Uh, my wife growing up, they did a Labor Day vacation every year to Disney. That's amazing. We didn't have that life in the hood. <laughs> but I do see tremendous value in the way that her father led her family because no matter how hard life was, there was this countdown. And the countdown was, in this many days, we are gonna go on vacation so I can tolerate. There's something about our ability to tolerate the mundane when we know there is a countdown to the blissful majestic. <laughs> you know, it's like one of these days, I'm gonna be on a beach and I know when that day is and I can tolerate this day because that day's coming. And I think the problem is we don't ever produce a countdown to our dreams. So for me, I was teaching high school, I was doing, and I started to grow discontent. I felt like there was more. I started to get into the entrepreneurial realm. I started getting more into the ministry realm. And there was this like discontent and it was a holy discontent. I'll go back, you know, to another time in my life. I remember that I was taking care of my five brothers and sisters and uh, my, my mom at the time, who was our only source of income because I had a crackhead stepdad, literally crackhead stepdad, who sold my car and uh, ran away from our family. And my mom gets sick and as she's in Masonic Hospital in Chicago and I shifted to be, being the solo caregiver for our family uh, I was only 16, 17 years old working at the uh, water department off of Chicago's Lakeshore. But I remember what happened was my mom started to get better. And as she got better, uh, I also um, started to get a vision for, okay, she's going to get better. She's also getting ready to get uh, remarried now um, as time passes, as the years pass uh, to this man named Dean. Shout out to my man, Dean. And so there was this semester that was starting in Indiana. Indiana University, Bloomington. And at the time, because I started college early, uh, I actually started college 16 turning 17. I actually looked at uh, the calendar and said, this fall, I'm going to actually transition to IU Bloomington. And then my, because it syncs up with my mom getting married. And then, uh, you know, that's another income. And then the, my brothers and sisters will be okay. And I remember being like, no matter how hard it is being a teenager, financially supporting four other siblings and paying the mortgage and paying the, the van payment at the time we had a van and holding it all together, there's going to be this day. And it was like that countdown gave me a semblance of hope. So I don't know who this is for, but you need to make an audacious move right now. And that audacious move is setting a timeline. And you say, this is the day. This is the day I'm crossing over. This is the day this thing starts, the day I'm mobilizing the dream 
dream. This is the day that I'm, and because there's something about numbering your days. There's something about setting it in the calendar. There's something about being that intentional about, about it that will cause things to shift. And then what happens is, and I said all that to bring it full circle. What happens is once you make that shift into the next season, into the next thing, that previous thing actually becomes more valuable and it takes on a greater significance. So let me put it like this. If I never moved from the water department to IU Bloomington, I would have never moved from IU Bloomington to teaching and then teaching to ministry. And and so now I can look back at each one of those phases. And so people come into my church all the time, man, you don't know what it's like to be blue collar. It's like, all right, homie. I was actually, we called it grave digging because when I worked for the Hammond water department, we would actually fix a water main and I had to have a wetsuit on to jump into the water. Oh yeah, homie. I used to frame houses when I did carpentry. I used to do side jobs for plumbing. Like, so that, that takes on significance when I could say to the blue collar working class person in my church. Yeah, I know exactly what that's like. I lived your life. I did that. I remember taking protein so that I can survive, uh, physically lifting all day long. I remember that grind, you know, um, but also in teaching, that takes on tremendous value because I know what a working class paycheck for a white cl- uh, white collar uh, thing feels like, you know. So it's like it's a white collar job with a blue collar, uh, you know, uh, working class paycheck. And so, what does that look like? And the rhythms of life. And actually, we have many many teachers who now go to V1 Church, and I believe that they can feel in the atmosphere of our culture this great empathy because I've lived their life and we have those conversations. And so it takes value. So I want you to to now think about this as you're listening to it. Think about your life. Think about uh, what you're currently doing. You may hate it, but if you can graduate from it, it can hold significance for you in the later season. So that's another way of saying you can go through anything as long as you know it's a season. But when the season becomes a cycle, that's when you want to quit. When the season becomes a cycle, that's when you want to give up. When the season becomes a cycle, that's when you say, okay, forget all this. So my my biggest um, challenge to you is that you would begin to timeline. For me, okay, so I have a planner. Actually, I'm using the Passion Planner. They're not like paying for me to say that. But I, I use the Passion Planner and and I actually go in and look and there's kind of like two elements, two or three elements in my planning. Is one, I look at like, what are the non-negotiables? So the non-negotiables for me, obviously are church calendar, holidays and things like that. I've also made uh, in my own personal life, like ritual. So we chop down a Christmas tree every Black Friday in my family. That's what we do. We go find a Christmas tree farm and we chop down a tree. I just made it up. I didn't come from a family with any traditions or legacy, so I just made them up. So there's something you can do. And then those are my non-negotiables. Got them in the calendar. Then I start to do something that maybe you don't do. I start to partner with God in faith and start to strategically put things in uh, my schedule, believing in for certain 
certain dates. And I'm telling you, as I've been faithful to do that, I have seen God fulfill it and work with me. As a matter of fact, when I was in that era of my life where I was doing the whole, um, how do I say this? Like, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, financially providing for my family while my mom was bedridden with tumors and cysts. I was reading a lot at that time to, to kind of like help me survive. And I read a lot of uh, autobiographies, a lot of different books. And one of these Henry David Thoreau quotes that really rocked me was a quote where he said, there's this funny thing that happens when you move, provision moves with you. And I think that what happens is we often want provision to come first, then we'll move. Well, I'll transition out of my job when I have a sure shot for the other job. But that's not how it happens. Actually, what happens is you make a move and then provision moves. There might be a gap. There were gaps in my life. There were gaps in my life between jobs. Like I remember I met Dave Gargano, who is now my lead pastor. He pastors me as I pastor V1. I met him in a transition. I had taken a risk to go on an entrepreneurial journey to be a grant writer. So I was using my English degree, use my stuff. And as I was going into the direction of being a grant writer, I was doing social media management for some companies. And I also had a music venue that did uh, evangelistic worship, which is kind of weird, but we did it. And I had these sources and streams of income. I had a, like about a month gap until another big job picked up. And I remember hitting up Dave Gargano. I didn't even know the guy. He had just recently planted a church in my neighborhood in Northwest Indiana. And I said, Hey, uh, I know we don't know each other. Are, are there any uh, entrepreneurs or people in your church who need uh, basically somebody to, to do this, this or this for them? And he was like, actually, bro, none that I can think of, but you could work for me for a month. And that was a transitional period of my life. I worked for him for a month and that turned into a lifelong relationship that ended up being the impetus for me li- uh, li- literally um, coming back to Indiana, apprenticing under him and then launching V1. So I think the thing is we, we complain and whine and moan all the way through transitions that we miss the destiny setup. It's like, if you would stop complaining about your transition and actually start navigating through it with wisdom and seeing the opportunity in the transition, you will have a destiny appointment every single time. And for me, I, you know, here's a deal. I'm just going to, I don't know who this is for. Maybe I'm just speaking prophetically in this moment, but uh, all of life is a transition. Like, duh, you're not who you were yesterday and you're not who you're going to be tomorrow. So you're in transition right now by definition, same haircut, same lip gloss color, different day equals a different person. Like you're in transition forever. Like, what are you going to do? Complain about it until you die and then transition to heaven or hell. Uh, it's just like, that's the only trans that that'll be the last transition, but you're going to complain all the way to the last transition. And so for me, I just got to the point where I'm just like, this is life. Like life is a never ending instability. And so you can learn how to be a surfer and, and celebrate the waves, the big ones, the little ones, but essentially and philosophically, the world is unstable, just like water. And you can, you can cry and you can thrash around in the water every single time a wave hits you. You can tell all your other friends who are complaining in the water with you, or you can mount up on a surfboard called Faith and you can learn how to surf and you can just learn the exhilaration of the wave. And, and then when you fall off of it, laugh 
and and have a measure of joy uh, and just go through it. And I think that's why Paul said, uh, I've learned, I've learned how to have joy in every occasion because I'm, I'm a surfer. Like this is life. It's like I just preached the gospel and one community accepted it and the other one ruthlessly beat the crap out of me. But I'm, I have to start learning how to have joy no matter what because the wave's gonna be different every time. I gotta learn how to ride it. Like this is life. And so I think that for, for you, it's like, I think that the Lord is ministering to your heart right now. Like, what are you going to do? You know, it's like, and then you get it because some of us have this disease of a never ending moving target, this never ending insatiable thing. And maybe to come back to that first question about hustle and maybe we'll end it there. It's like, it's never going to be enough if it's never enough, not right now. It's never going to be enough if it's not enough right now. And some of that's healthy, right? Some of that's healthy. Like hunger is health if it causes you to eat the right things and then to eventually be satiated. But if your hunger leads to gluttony, you're going to kill yourself. And I think that even as a pastor, oh man, I'm finally a lead pastor. And then now your church isn't big enough. Man, we have two locations. Now you want three. Now you want four. And there's, so there does come a point where you say, God, I am wholly discontented and yet wholly contented. And I learn how to live in that paradox. That's really what this is. I learn how to live in the tension of that paradox. Like I want to go preach to more people so they hear the gospel, but I'm contented whether they accept it or beat the crap out of me. I, I want to go launch more churches so we can save more lives and build more kingdom infrastructure. I want to build more businesses, but I also will find joy and satisfaction in my part right now. So anyways, that was this episode. We're getting ready to be all out of time. Hopefully that helped you. If it did, let me do this. Go back to Instagram. Go back to TikTok. I am on TikTok. Go to my personal website, MikeSignorelli.com. Get the ebook resource, New Year, New Me. It's going to help you out in this season. Uh, but let me know how this helped you. Tag me in something. For real. I don't know if you don't tell me. Send me a message through my website. Tag me on social media. Hit me up on Facebook. Love you guys so much. I'm so grateful for you you and the time that we got to spend together right here right now but until next time i will see you online if this episode helped you in any way visit mikesignorelli.com and sign up to receive encouragement and resources directly to your inbox i'll see you over there and i'll see you next episode